I have exciting news, everyone. Studio L'Amour is back. What is that, you ask? Studio L'Amour is my online burlesque school. It began in Chicago in 2008, and now we're going virtual to better serve you. At StudioLamore.com, you can become a member and have access to all the course collections, or you can make a one-time purchase of any collection. The classes are designed for you to feel good first and feature fitness, burlesque technique and choreography, and sensual movement practices. Studio L'Amour wants to be your partner on your path to self-love. So come, move, dance, and love with me. Become a member today at studiolamore.com. That's S-T-U-D-I-O-L-A-M-O-U-R.com. Hello and welcome to Look Down There, the show where we talk about all the things we don't talk about. I'm your host, Michelle Lamore. Today, my guest is joining me from Seoul, Korea. She is the mother of the House of Teas, the headmistress of the Seoul School of Burlesque, and the producer of Starlight Burlesque. Busy? Yes. Here she is, known as the beautiful bottom of burlesque. It's Flower Bomb. Hi, Flower Bomb. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. It's so lovely to see your face. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. I, you know, we haven't met in person or have we? Oh, I hate saying that. And then they're like, oh, actually, we've met five times backstage and you were super rude. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think we've met. Have we met? No, we've never met in person, but we've had Zoom acquaintances with each other and uh, worked with each other via Zoom. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I got to, I got to teach uh, quote unquote in Korea um, because of you, but hopefully like <laughs> that, that virtual workshop, that was really fun. Um, but hopefully, you know, at some point, maybe I could come visit you. <laughs> uh, I hope, I hope once the restrictions have alleviated, there have been talks to certain contracts that I have, with bringing international performers. And I'm really hoping that it happens. It was supposed to happen this year, but then with the Delta variant, we're now looking at literally the very end end of this year or the beginning of next year. Yeah, so. we shall see. Okay. You know, it's it's hard to plan for the future when the future is fuzzy and makes no sense. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I have to ask the question that everybody always asks. How did you get into burlesque? Oh. <laughs> uh, I, well, when I was younger, I was a dancer and uh, I had danced my entire life until I had a spinal fusion, a full back spinal fusion. And so then I felt like I couldn't be a dancer anymore and I couldn't achieve my highest goals of what a dancer would be. So I quit. <laughs> I quit and I was really upset about it. I was only 14. So it was like those angsty oh times. Oh gosh, 14. Were you yeah. like hardcore ballerina? What What was your... Uh, yeah. Discipline? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh ballerina, my God. Yeah. Starting, especially with the eminent doom of my back, <laughs> I was realizing, oh, maybe theater is where I'll go. Maybe musical theater. 
But even then, just coming out of surgery, which is 14, and it doesn't sound like it's just coming out, but when you're auditioning for college and you're 18, it is still this, I don't know my body anymore. It's not moving the way I remember. I can't depend on it. I can't count on it. And so I didn't pursue musical theater at that time. Uh, instead, it was with burlesque. That's where I pursued dance again. I thought I was going to pursue dance through musical theater, but no. Burlesque made it less intimidating, more accepting to be like, this is what I've got. This is me getting to know my body again. This is me learning to love it again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was, that was how I got in, <laughs> into burlesque, uh, mentally yeah. into it again. Yeah. Did you start in the States or were you already in Korea at this time? Oh, yeah. I was already in Korea. Oh, wow. And I had started burlesque here. And then shortly after, I was like, man, I have an idea for burlesque. It doesn't quite fit what's happening in the scene right now. So I'm going to make the giant leap <laughs> and try to start my own thing, even though I've just begun it. <laughs> so and there was there was a scene there when you started, and that was around 2015. Is that right? 2014 is when I arrived. And then 2015, I was, I had made the decision that I was going to branch off and create my own version of what burlesque could be here. Because originally it was brought over, especially by the army, army wives and that kind of setting. And then it finally came out into not quite mainstream Korea, but definitely off base. And when it got off base is when I arrived and I was like, okay, cool. This is now a tangible community for me because I didn't know anybody on base, <laughs> at least at that time. <laughs> yeah. So how did, how would you describe the style that was there and versus the style that you are working to bring to Korea? Oh uh, yeah. So I definitely brought my theater background and I really liked what I was seeing in America, it was, it's so weird because I felt like when I was here that I was influenced by being an American. And so my style would be very American. But then when at the end, like towards the end, like now, uh, present day, when I perform in New York, they're like, oh, you're very influenced by Asian styles of dance. And I was like, really? <laughs> so like there's this, I guess I don't, see it. I'm so blurred by what's influencing me. Uh, but New York definitely has their own style. And it's very fast paced and it's, it's very uh, showy. Mm-hmm. And my version that I was bringing to New York was more this silent power onto the stage. And that was, I guess they pinpointed that as my Asian influence. But Oh, well, I mean, that's what I do. So maybe I, I like slow <laughs> and, and like powerful and grounded. I love that. Yeah. Like it's like I gravitate towards all of you, all everything that you do, all of your styles and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love coming out and just staring people down and like staring into their souls. Um, yeah. It's slowly taking off a glove. It, it makes me very happy. Um, you know, once in a while, I'll bring out something a bit more uh, bombastic, I guess, but a little bit more yeah. New York. But, you know, I've got a lot of yeah. layers. We've got layers. 
So tell me a little bit more about how burlesque brought you into loving and rediscovering your body after your injury. Yeah, so there was this uh, permission, this permission to, especially with my background, I always feel like in order to do something, you have to be the best or professional or pursuing this like perfection. And burlesque said, never mind all of that. Never mind all of that. Get into a rehearsal space and just, just move, just connect with yourself again and find another way. Find an, so you can't do this move anymore. Let it go. Let it go. Find another way to tell the story. And that, I loved that about burlesque. And, and it's the same thing with my acting background is that it's more about the story than technique. It's more about what you're giving your audience and then what you're receiving and again, giving back to them. It's like this, this cycle. And I really, really liked that. I really, really enjoyed that. And so then that made me feel, especially when the audience was out there and they're like, oh my goodness, uh, now that we're doing the meet and greet, we couldn't even see this giant full length scar on your back. <laughs> they're like, how did you move? How did you do that? And I was like, literally because of you, <laughs> like right. you guys didn't see it. You guys fueled me and I, I found another way and you didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is such a great thing about burlesque and something that I really enjoy too is working around those limitations, you know, whatever <laughs> you might be dealing with, with your body or whatever you might perceive as a limitation, it forces you to move in a different way and find, find movement that is complementary to your body. And that's what I really enjoy about um, choreography and is for myself and for others is bringing out what is good for them and good for myself. So just because like, hey, you know what? This this is a burlesque move, so I'm just gonna do it. It's like, well, what if that move no. isn't necessarily good for your body or mm -hmm. like doesn't work for your body? Maybe there's another move that will highlight you more than this move. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed when I saw that happening when we did the burly bench together where all of the burlesque performers and instructors were from all over because before my students only had me and I was like, man, I need to expose you guys to more. So like step one was getting on Instagram and getting them all to follow different people that I follow. And then I was like, don't even just stop there. Find the ones that you like that you followed of mine and then look at what they follow and keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Because with the burly binge, people were like, oh, I never thought about that move or, oh, I didn't think I could do that. Especially somebody who feels like, like me with my spinal fusion or someone who's a little bit heavier or someone who might have an injury in their knee. They're like, I can't do those moves. They were different instructors from everywhere and they came with different moves. And so if two o'clock, you couldn't do the choreography, maybe at four o'clock or seven o'clock, that instructor, you're like, oh my goodness, I got that connection. I can do this. Yeah. So that, that was really nice. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for the di diversity that came into that little soul studio. <laughs> yeah, no, it was so fun. It was, it was a highlight of my uh, pandemic. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, had, I had a few highlights and that, that was one of them. Uh, so what brought you to soul in the first place? 
oh, my husband, yeah. <laughs> my then boyfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was I was uh, auditioning for grad schools and I had this tier system where I was like, if I get accepted into my first tier, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go and do that. And we had just met. We literally met two months before we graduated university, which was that weird timing where you're both trying to find your paths and start. And then I said, if I get accepted to my second tier, I'll think about it. I'll ask him what's his, what is his first choice? What does he want to do? And is it possible right now? And so he said he wanted to move to Korea. And so when I wasn't accepted to my first tier, I looked at my second tiers and I was like, okay, I was accepted to a few of those. But since your first tier is Korea and you only said we'll be there one year, (laughs) I'll go. (laughs) And so we went and then I asked for the second year. And then it became this thing where we're like, we keep postponing moving. And we really thought we were going to leave because we got married in the United States in 2020, January, 2020. And so we were like, we'll finish out this year. We'll leave on a high note because we have these contracts and these ideas that are all lined up that we're going to come back to Seoul with. We'll wrap them up. And then by December, 2020, we're out, we're done. We'll leave on a high note. And that mm-hmm. is not what happened <laughs> at all. Yeah. So now I feel like we're here until the pandemic subsides and we can get that high note. And then we want to do an all American tour and just do photography, burlesque, everything, everything that's in our um, artist repertoires, (laughs) take it with us on the road and see what state we like the most and land there. Nice. And I don't know if it'll be forever, but it is definitely the next step that we want to take. That's great. That's good. It's something to look forward to. We need that right now. So, you know, yeah. you, you maybe you got another year, another year there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking at two years, I think, because Korea right. is so strict on the regulations, which is a good and a bad thing. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, I mean, Korea has a, a, a different climate um, regarding censorship and women's sexuality. Um, I mean, the States is, is also not great, but, um, I have a feeling that perhaps you are dealing with more strict guidelines, uh, and censorship (laughs) over there. So was that a surprise for you? Did you know you were walking into something like that? Um, in the early years, I think because I didn't attract so much attention to myself, I didn't feel it. I didn't know it. Ignorance was bliss. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then with all of the achievements that have happened in 2020 with it being digital, this uh, attention has now been put on me and uh, people are noticing, especially in Korea. And so it was both good and kind of like, because like, for example, I was able to get on my E6 performer visa and that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't have certain accolades that I had collected, especially within the year 2020, uh, the Korean government accepted it initially. And now I'm being questioned (laughs) on it (laughs) this year. Mm. And so it's, it's a little bit so far, everything is going to the lawyer's plans. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, that's good. 
Yeah. I mean, so like how far does that extend for you? Does that extend uh, digitally, virtually, uh, in-person gigs, whenever those are? I mean, here yeah. in the States, every every city has its own thing, you know, like, yeah. but technically we're all breaking the law. We're, we're all doing it. Um, I think Nashville probably has the most conservative and obnoxious rules about underbutt and underboob. So, oh, really? Oh, yeah. So when you perform, <laughs> I, I performed yeah. in Nashville. I'm the most naked woman. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I know. <laughs> you know, so they, they call me into Nashville. And I'm like, okay. You know, so they had some undergarments ready for me, but it, it's like a big panel in the back for your you know, your butt. And it's just like a little, uh, scoop out in the, in the front. So you could wear a G string or whatever, but your, your under, butt, your vortex, they call it. So if they're, if you bend over and we look into your vortex, um, then that's against the law. And then also the under boob. So they made me a special bra and special panties so that I could be compliant. But, um, so your panties were with a special bra? No. So I had the pasties on kind of like halfway peeking out of this under boob cover. Um, <laughs> so that was like the most extreme case of fit, like live physical censorship that I've experienced outside uh -huh. of surprisingly Vegas. So Vegas, you cannot have under boob or any kind of nudity within gaming areas. So um, there was one year at the Burlesque Call of Fame where we were performing on a, the roof at the Palms. And apparently mm -hmm. it was like two floors up or below that they had gaming. And so because we were in a certain proximity of the gaming, <laughs> we had to cover our under boobs. However, everybody found out about that about three hours before the show. <laughs> so oh, wow. everyone was running around trying to figure out how to cover their underboobs and still twirl somehow. Um, so it was a whole thing. And I came up with some, some device that people really liked. And I ended up making a few for people that weekend. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, nice. oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like for you as far as being in person um, or d digitally speaking? So, so there's some good side to it as well, because it's brand new, because I'm kind of the one in question being brought in all the time. They don't have any laws yet on it right now. Oh, so you're laws. kind of like the figurehead of, is this a yeah. thing? Is this a thing? Are we doing this? It's a thing now. Like it's okay. becoming like you're you're the beginning of what we're going to allow and not allow, and we're going to navigate that and penalize you accordingly. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's, it's hard. It's hard to be the first sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But so far, like I said earlier, things have been ruling. I guess in my favor. I have. We haven't officially gone to court. It's all been uh, interviews and investigators, and they are deciding. And now uh, the lawyer has encouraged recording our interviews and interrogations because they could say one thing with us, and then later I could be brought in under the same 
charges or speculations and they could say something different. And so I need now evidence <laughs> that it ruled this way <laughs> on blah, blah, blah day. Uh, right. But in person, there really isn't anything like I can go out in the smallest pasties and the smallest, uh, I call them C cups, but what are they called maybe in the States where it's just I, like- I call it a pusty, which is a pasty for your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> so that, I can walk out in that and things are fine still because I have covered uh, my, my like female organs. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's fine for now, but- digitally like doing your show that was brought up and thankfully they ruled that it was artistic and uh i had also had a live stream on OnlyFans as well that was very similar and right now it's considered artistic uh but hmm production value really adds to how far they'll let me take it was artistic so live streams get blurry, live streams have no cuts, live streams have no edits. So I was super afraid of that later down the road being used against me again. So I did censor myself and took myself off the OnlyFans platform completely. Mm. And so, so how, I, I mean, am, I'm surprised that it's it's far reaching into OnlyFans. Um, yeah, well, it, it also depends because my OnlyFans was also my burlesque flower bomb persona and depending on where the reports are coming from if they're reporting all of these far reaches of flower bomb then that is also up for questioning and interrogation <laughs> investigation right. you're having to self-censor and and how does that feel uh doesn't feel great <laughs> uh i am trying to find new avenues. And a lot of that is actually boiling down to which businesses are, because they're not, immigration doesn't want to see it as a hobby anymore. They're like, this is not a hobby. Uh, you need to start registering these different things that I am leading up and it's house of teas and soul school of burlesque. So now they're getting registered they're officially in the system, hopefully by the end of this month. And those questions can start to stop. So, yeah, hopefully once I have those two in. Oh, and then the other thing was my own personal performance contract. So even though I went through all of the, the loops and hoops and jumping to make sure that burlesque was on my contract, that I could be a dancer, lo and behold it was somehow taken out of my contract in order to pass it through last minute. And I was like, what? You guys, like, especially when the pandemic's over, I'm gonna be doing burlesque more than these acting and modeling gigs. So I I need this on here. So also changing, even though keeping my E6 performance visa, we are changing my sponsor now so that my sponsor in the, in the re-signing, he will be able to legally add it in, which seems like a weird loophole because then you could just get any sponsor to get it into immigration initially and then transfer with edits. It just seems like such a weird 
such a weird loophole, but I'm yeah. going to use it to my benefit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, you can, so you can make the rules and break the rules at, at your discretion. <laughs> yeah. 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 So thankfully I'm doing it like first, I guess. So <sighs> the censorship is, it's like, as I go, as I go now, because before I was going and I wasn't so popular, like people didn't really pay me any mind except for like my really small like following I guess here in Korea uh and then now that there's it the Korean audience is getting even bigger that's when every step of the way I go I just have got to make sure that I run it by my lawyer and his team and they're like okay yes check it's fine yeah well I know I know how frustrating uh, being censored can be. However, I haven't experienced it to the level that you are experiencing it, but I know the level <laughs> that I experiencing, I experience it like enrages me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what, like, how are you coping with this? And also what motivates you to keep going? Because this is like, you have yeah. to constantly check in with yourself to be like, is it worth it? That, yes. Yes. That is, that is definitely something that I've been dealing with. Um, I, I got my second wind again. Ironically, I was watching uh, the Burlesque Hall of Fame virtual and they were showing the history. And I thought the censorship going over the censorship history of burlesque was going to be really triggering for me, <laughs> but it did the exact opposite where I was like, oh my goodness, other people have gone through this. It's not just me. It's just because maybe what I'm going through here in 2021 Korea is way more similar to burlesque performers early 1900s in America when it was first becoming this mainstream uh, form of entertainment. So I started to compare my what I'm going through to what those burlesque performers are going through. Some of them were arrested off the stage several times in one night. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. I can do it. Because like, as long as I have my lawyers, as long as I have all my T's crossed and my I's dotted, I should be fine. I should be fine. Yeah. So that was a good checkpoint with me to, to give me that steam to keep on going. But when I was in the thick of it, uh, like November, December, January. So 2020, 2020, 2021, it was, I wasn't eating enough. I was worrying. I, I'm someone who you can put your head down and you can, I can fall asleep in 30 seconds that whole time period. And there are still nights today where I, it takes hours to fall asleep. And it's just because I'm running through all those scenarios. What do I say if this happens? What do I do if this happens? Who do I call? Who, who's on my, who's in my corner? Who's on my side, my team? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, your whole life is being questioned. Everything you love is being questioned and your soul, essentially your art is being yeah. questioned. So yeah, no wonder you're not getting any sleep. Yeah, thankfully, House of Teas and Soul School of Burlesque, they're also a huge source of support. They're like, please don't go. Please don't stop. <laughs> Let's keep this going. And, and because of them, I'm actually able to, because there are certain people who have come out of both of those, one of, that, of the house and one of the school who are like, 
if we partner, we can make everything legal and on the books for registering the businesses as one for profit and one for not for profit. And I've seen more of that. People are coming and really showing me, hey, I'm on your team. I want to be on the dotted line with you. Let's let's do this together. Uh, you need me. I need you. Let's do it. <laughs> and I was, I've been eternally thankful. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't expect people to see what was happening to me and say, oh, no, I'm here for you. We, we're going to go through this together. I thought what was going to happen is that everyone's going to be afraid. Oh, that happened to her. That could happen to me. And that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened in, in my inner circle at all. And that's given me a lot of strength to keep on going as well. That's great. I'm so glad that you find encouragement and support in, in our history. And I, I think it's so important to look back at our ancestors or predecessors and realize that there's a lot of wisdom there and a lot of strength. And I think I'm so happy that you were able to tap into that because that's going to be your continued source of strength. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your art. What is it that you want to convey or communicate in your pieces? I, I really like the idea of duality, especially with what people think of me when they first see me and then when they see me on stage. Uh, I get that, oh, you're so cute and little. Look at this little, <laughs> this little delicate thing. <laughs> and then when I'm on stage, it's more of this dominatrix. <laughs> Let me show you what your fantasy could be. And it's this switch. Uh, so I hope I'm remembered for that. I hope I'm remembered for don't always judge something by the cover or by me who I am outside of the stage. Like there is definitely this other, other side. And I like that. I like challenging, challenging people's ideas on what is sexy, what sexuality could be. It's, it's exciting. I like seeing fear in people's eyes as well as intrigue for what they see. They're like, oh, it's yes, but ah, I didn't know that was in me. <laughs> didn't feel that way. I'm like, yes, this is the whole reason why I'm here. Now you go home and ask yourself some questions. <laughs> I, like I that. love that. Yeah, <laughs> I like that too. That's great. What is, what is something that burlesque has taught you about yourself? Ah, what have, there's so many. Okay, hold, hold, hold on. Yeah, give it to me. Give it to me. For me, burlesque has been my greatest teacher. So I'm curious what you've, what you've learned. Yeah, yeah. I guess, especially with burlesque, it, it's, it's how far it goes to not labeling things at face value, especially because it is a full transformation. Someone who I meet and who, who says, oh, I'm really interested in burlesque and, and they can seem so, so shy. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to bring you under my wing. We're going to go through this together. But then the second you start giving them images or a piece of fabric or uh, a prop like a boa versus fans or whip, Oh, one of my, one of my students lit up. She's the shyest one. 
the second I put a whip in her hand, she was like, I am Davina. <laughs> and she like turned into this other woman. And I was like, oh yeah, burlesque does do that. And even though it did it for me, to see it happening in front of me with other people, it always is like a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. And something that I never want to take for granted and something that I want like every woman to experience or any, every and any femme, wherever, whatever demographic or background you come from, like that feeling of tapping into something that you didn't know was there, but maybe you flirted with, but were afraid to display on the surface. Burlesque gives you that permission to do it, Mm -hmm. do it, explore it, indulge in it. (laughs) So I think that's the best lesson that I like to see happening in front of me before my eyes. <laughs> yes. And you found permission for yourself within burlesque. Yeah. Yeah. So of course that's going to be the most meaningful lesson to me, to me. Mm-hmm. So what is your vision for yourself and for your the work that you're doing in Korea, I know maybe you have some limited years there, but what do you want to see happen with your own career and with what you're working on, you know, battling right now, essentially yeah. in Korea? I guess it would be uh, an, a, everything finally coming together. Uh, the style that I feel like could, that I started the group with, initially that it comes from theater, aerial, circus, uh, burlesque, yes, singing, everything. Like it's, it's, it's like cabaret of all of these art forms. And yes, it is an art form, Korea and immigration. <laughs> and for them to see it all in one venue. And if this venue could get attention in more of the mainstream Korean audience, that would be great too. I just, I want, I want so much of this to be on a public platform in the public eye. It also scares me because of what I've been going through, but hopefully by then uh, I would have already dealt with everything and it, it would now finally be ready to hit that platform, to be in that spotlight. That's what I would want. That's what I would want. And everyone in the house and everyone in Soul School of Burlesque to feel that they can publicly be on these stages in a meaningful way, in a public way, in a way that we're not censoring ourselves, in a way that we're not hiding ourselves, in a way that we're proud, in a way that we're like, come join us. <laughs> come do this with us. <laughs> we're, not, we're not quite there. Like all of my IG accounts are private. I had to take down my website. Like these are all censorships that we're still feeling. So in the end, I would like all of that to be gone, everything to be made official and public, public and celebrated within the Korean audience. Hopefully, hopefully. Celebrated, understood, appreciated, all of it. Yeah. Oh, that would be the dream. That would be the dream. Okay. I'm with you. I'm here. I'm here for it. So how can we support you? Where can our listeners follow you? Even though you might be private, where, where can we uh, follow you or see a show or what, what's possible in the world of Flower Bomb? So the best way is even though my accounts are private right now, 
uh, I believe you can still send a message. And so if you want to follow me, because right now it is no joke. I have like 2000 follow requests that I've been ignoring. And every day I will go through and I'll, I'll go through maybe like 10 of them, 10 or 15. And then I have to put my phone down because it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But if I have a message from someone who's like, hey, I've seen you on Michelle Amore's podcast, or I've seen you in her show, or I've seen you in that show, then I'm more likely to be like, okay, they're part of the community. I'm going to go through, accept. Now they can follow everything that we're doing. Because right now it is being held really close to our chest. Uh, but that is a way to re-tap into what's happening here in the burlesque community in Seoul, in Korea, is if you want to see more about Seoul School of Burlesque or House of Teas or me as Flower Bomb, you can follow any of the Instagrams that send a message. Send a message and it puts you on my radar and I'm like, okay, <laughs> you're allowed to know now. <laughs> All <laughs> Welcome right. to Club. <laughs> yes, look down there, getting you past the velvet curtain, the velvet rope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the special <laughs> exclusive club of Flower Bomb. <laughs> yes, actually, yes. <laughs> good. All right, that's good. I like it. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today. You are a trailblazer and I know how difficult that work is and you will make a difference and, and people will appreciate your work for many years to come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, everyone. It's time to spread your legs and spread the love. Okay. Follow us, like us, subscribe. Follow us at I Look Down There or follow me at Michelle Amore or send in your special request to follow Flower Bomb on Instagram. Yeah. And remember that confidence comes from the bottom up. So grab a mirror and look down there. Till next time. <laughs>